Welcome to episode two in our Faith Journeys series. Today, I'm going to introduce you to Katie Augustine. Now, Katie Augustine, I had not met at all, and I had the wonderful chance to meet her when I interviewed her, and she is just such a lovely woman. In fact, we found that we had so much in common, and she's one of those people who afterwards I was like, I just want to be your best friend. My producer is like, Amber, you say that a lot. Well, I meet a lot of really interesting people. What can I say? So anyway, today, I hope you enjoy this interview, getting to know Time of Grace writer and blogger, Katie Augustine. Hey, everybody. I'm super, super excited to introduce you to another Time of Grace blogger today. We are going to chat with Katie Augustine. Katie, welcome to Little Things. Thanks for having me. It's a joy to be on your podcast. This is super fun. Thank you. (laughs) Woo! Yeah. Can't I'm uh-huh. super excited too. Um, tell us a little bit about your life, where you're from, where you're living, how many kids you have, all that good stuff. Okay. Um, well, I grew up in the Milwaukee area, and I went to Martin Luther College for college, and met my husband out there. Um, and his name is Matthew. He was assigned out of college to a little town called Chesney, Michigan. So we got married a year after graduation, and then I've lived here in Chesting with him ever since. Um, It's kind of a weird transition time of life right now, though, because we're only going to live here for, we've been here for almost 10 years, and in 30 days, we're moving to Fond du Lac. So (laughs) uh, that's a little crazy right now. Um, And then I am a stay-at-home mom of four, and our kids' ages are seven, five, three, and nine months. So that's mostly what I do is keep the kids alive. Uh, that's a full-time <laughs> job the for grace me, for sure. Of God. Yes. Yes. To, uh, yeah. Every day they, they try and, oh, whatever. Every day has something in it, doesn't it? Um, yeah. And then yep. Matt and I, my husband, Matthew, and I are involved with our church. So we've done a lot of coaching and Sunday school and I'm our mornings with mommy director and so it's just fun. Our church lets us kind of volunteer however we want to. And that's been fun to do ministry here for the last decade. But yeah. Okay. So there's so yeah. much, so much in there. So first of all, uh-huh. how's, how is the uh, moving process going? <laughs> well, you know, it was, it was really crazy there for a while because um, currently at our current call, we have a teacher age that we live in, um, oh, wow. which is a real blessing it's in a great house and I'm going to be really sad to leave the house. You know, this is where we brought all our babies home. We have all these memories. So I don't want to think about that part, but we had to buy a house in Fond du Lac for this new call. And the housing market's really weird right now. There's no houses out there. So we were really worried. We weren't even going to like have a place to live a month ago. (laughs) We're getting down to the wire here and we didn't have an address or anything. So, but anyway, God came through and we got a house and we closed on it on Friday. So we're at the actual owners and, um, yeah, it's, we have not actually set foot in the house yet, but we bought it without actually putting, seeing it, but. It's good. It'll be a, we're, we're, okay. we faith. <laughs> this is going to be a good story. A, this is the first house you've bought, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. So this is, so the first house you bought, <laughs> you bought before you actually ever saw it 
physically. Uh huh. Yes. Uh huh. So you've yeah. seen it through a phone tour. Yeah, my brother and his wife <laughs> did a fa- did a FaceTime tour around the house, and we had seen. I don't know. I've been looking at listings, you know. Oh sure. For like six or seven months, so I was like, "This is a good one," and they agreed, and that's gonna be enough, you know. Like that's all we can do. So we at least have a place to go, and that was a big load off my shoulders because we were gonna like live in somebody's trailer or something or like their camper <laughs> until we found a house. And I was just like, oh, it was, it was getting crazy, but <laughs> yeah. And how many hours are you moving away? Like how many hours from where you are now to Fond du Lac? It's about seven, seven and a half, maybe. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This is, yeah. this is an adventure. Now, did you have a lot mm-hmm. of stuff to go through? Cause I mean, you have four kids. Yes. Yeah. I was thinking, you know, I'm so nostalgic right now because we're looking back over all of our time here in Michigan and we're kind of looking forward to the new one and we got a foot in each place and all that. But um, I was thinking about when I moved out to Michigan as like a newlywed fresh out of college and I, we had a two door car and I had a couple tote boxes of clothes and that's it. You know, I had nothing. And yes. now I look around this house, like, where did all this stuff come from? <laughs> but uh, uh-huh. I'm trying to get, I've been decluttering for like the last six months. So we have less stuff, but there's still a lot. And I haven't really started packing. So <sighs> it'll get done somehow. <laughs> deep breath, Katie, deep breath. So I have a, I have a, my son is getting married this year. And so mm-hmm. I got out some photo albums to show uh, him and his fiance, you know, what we lived in when we first got married and everything. And same thing. I'm like, there was nothing. Look, <laughs> our living room, nothing. Zero. We didn't even have a couch. We had nothing. We had nothing. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's oh, amazing man. how simple it was back then, you know, just, and then it's all, it's all great. It's great mm-hmm. to accumulate with the children, the toys, the clothes, the everything, but yeah. Very different indeed. Yeah. Good stuff. Yes. All right. So how long have you been blogging for Time of Grace? I've been blogging for Time of Grace for a little over a year now. Okay. And how did that come about? That came about because I have kind of been dabbling in the world of blogging for a while. And it's kind of one of those things that I never set out. Like, I'm going to be a blogger, but I really like to write. And I don't have like enough time in my life with four small children to sit down and write the great American novel like I've always wanted to do. But Ooh. I have lots of time to, you know, write a thousand words or 500 words. I can do that. So um, I was a blogger for a blog out by me in Michigan called Mid Michigan Moms Blog. So that was just blogging about mom experiences. And I've really enjoyed that. But I was kind of in a weird place where I, you can't talk politics or religion, understandably on that blog. And I wanted to be writing more for Jesus. I was taking all this time to write blogs and I kind of felt like I, I wanted to be useful to talk about God. That's, you know, your number one thing you're supposed to do. So I applied to be a blogger with Holy Hen House, another Christian blog. And while I was waiting to hear back from them, I was just feeling all fired up and kind of impulsive. So I just emailed Time of Grace like, hey, are you looking for a writer? I like to write. And then they got back and said, hey, yeah, we were kind of looking for a blogger. And it went from there. So So Katie, had you been, you know, following Time of Grace for quite a while or 
or how did you even get interested in writing for Time of Grace? Sure. I have been a huge fan of Time of Grace for a handful of years now. Um, I guess I don't really even know how I got it, but I got Pastor Mike's yellow book, The Three Words That'll Change Your Life. I somehow, I, I think just in like the internet, I saw it and I thought, oh, I really want to read that. So I bought a copy and I read it in February of 2020. And so like I finished the book right before the pandemic started. And that was the exact book I needed to read (laughs) before we went into a global pandemic. So that book really did change my life in a lot of ways. You know, I have been blessed to be a Christian since I was little, but I felt like that book was, it kind of like reignited some parts of my faith that had been dormant for a while. And I just loved that book so much. So I also had a large blackboard in our kitchen that I would write different Bible passages on as, you know, like decoration. And I wrote, God is here after I read that. And I haven't changed it since. So it still is just like huge in our house. It says God is here. (laughs) Um, Which I love. And I I have to look at that all the time because sometimes I feel like supper time is a tough time in our house with lots of little kids. So I always just like take a deep breath and look up and I'm like, God's still here. You don't need to lose your cool. <laughs> He's got it. It's good. So I I give out the yellow book as gifts a lot of times. And I did start a small group Bible study in Chesney. And that was the first book we did. I was like, you guys, we got to read this book. And they love it. So we did that book and then we did Gay and God. And now we're wrapping up the, uh, the, what is it? What's big start small. We've got one more chapter left in that. And then we're all done with that one. So we've got like this little, like Mike Novotny Bible (laughs) book, (laughs) book club here there. And I'm sad to leave them too, but I was like, you'll Mm. find his next book and you'll keep reading it. (laughs) It'll be okay. Oh, that is awesome. Mm-hmm. It's time of grace has meant a lot to me too, especially over the last oh. couple of years. So, yeah. Oh, that's so good to hear. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And for those of you who haven't read Pastor Mike's book, Three Words That'll Change Your Life, obviously Katie's testimony. I read it too. I read it right away when it came out, and I would say too, go get it. But spoiler alert: those three words, God is here. Those are the three words that'll change your life. And I'm not going to go into it a whole lot further because honestly read the book. It is well worth your time. And he goes into it many chapters and what all that means, but it is phenomenal. And it will make you look at things a whole lot differently. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, I think in that book, he talks a little bit about um, putting your heart in the refuge of like God, because God's like a strong refuge to go to. And every year I pick a word and I still, I got to reread that book last year. So this year my word is refuge. And I always think about that chapter and the little pictures in there. So that book was really wonderful. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> cool. That's awesome. And now, are you actually dreaming of writing the great American novel? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like that's, <laughs> I, I have a very short bucket list and it doesn't even need to be a novel. I just really want to write a book that's, that has been on my list of like three things on my bucket list to do. So Okay. So 10 years from now, Katie, you and I are getting together and we're going to be our own writers group. Ooh, and we are going ooh. to write a awesome. mystery <laughs> and <laughs> that sounds under great. pen names. I love that. Ooh, 
I already have some pen names, so we can talk. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> we'll talk. Yeah, because of course mm-hmm. we can't reveal the pen names because I also no. have some pen names, but you can't reveal them because that's the whole mystery of it is being able to exactly. write and nobody knows who you are. So yes. mm-hmm. good stuff. Good. Um, mm-hmm. So you are a huge reader. So I have been following you on Instagram ever since you started writing for Time of Grace. I'm kind of a stalker that way because I read like a lot of the blogs and I listen to most of the podcasters, listen Mm -hmm. to all of the podcasters for Time of Grace. (laughs) So then I like to find people on Instagram and follow their life. Is that a woman thing, by the way? Like my Um, husband's not on Instagram at all. Yeah, I think it is a woman thing. My husband's not on Instagram or like pretty much any social media. I think it's just the nature, yeah, to be inquisitive. We're smart. Women are smart. We can figure stuff out. So yeah, we got to go be detectives on social media for stuff. Yeah. So as soon as I found you, (laughs) as soon as I saw that you were blogging for Time of Grace, I, you know, followed you on Instagram and you are crazy. You're a voracious reader. So how do you do this? And how many books do you read a month? And how do you accomplish this? Well, I didn't read very much once I had kids until I discovered audiobooks. And mm-hmm. audiobooks on my phone and wireless headphones changed the game for me, at least. <laughs> I, Because <laughs> now I can listen to, you know, a book while I am doing the dishes or doing laundry yes. and walking around with the baby strapped onto my chest. I can get a whole, you know, you can be very multitasking. So um, I read about, I try and aim for like a book a week this year. I was trying to aim for like a book and a half. And I'm now with moving, I'm super behind on like my personal goal for how many books I want to read, but it doesn't really matter how many books you read. It's kind of, are you enjoying what you're reading? Are you learning for, you know, my, for strengths finders, that personality test, one of my top ones oh, is yeah, input. Yeah, yeah. So I just oh. always want to be learning and Mm. So, yeah. That's how I yeah. I don't really sit Explain down with to a me input anymore. I don't I don't understand that at all. What is input? Input is you need to be taking in ideas all the time. Oh. Like hmm. you yeah, I guess that's I don't know how else to describe it. Hmm. Okay. You need input from yeah, from different sources. So, you take recommendations from people cuz I noticed today mm-hmm. I was reading your latest list that you put up. So you're looking for recommendations, but how else? I mean, where do you find all your book ideas? Uh, there's a lot of different places. One of the, there's a podcast I really like called What Should I Read Next? And they oh. have people on their show and they ask what books you like, what books you don't. Uh, and then she gives you some like book recommendations. Nice. I used to listen to that a lot. And so I'd get recommendations from that. And Uh, I follow a lot of other like bookish people on social media. And if they talk about a book, I'll try and get it. And uh, that's pretty much it. It's kind of, I'm a very moody reader. So even if I have like a list of books I want to read, if I'm just walking through the library and I'm like, oh, I like that one instead, I'll just snatch that up. But yeah. Mm. And what's your favorite Mm -hmm. genre? I do. I like mysteries a lot and thrillers. Like it, if a book has a great plot, I just can't put it down. That's the greatest, you know, that feeling yeah. when you just can't stop turning pages. So mm-hmm. pretty much anything with a good plot, but mysteries, they they always have a good plot. Uh, okay. So I asked your favorite genre. What's your, who's your favorite author and or your favorite book other than Pastor Mike's? Okay. Um, or the Bible. 
Uh, yeah, or the Bible. <laughs> that is the best one. But picking your favorite book is like picking your favorite child. You can't do it, really. But I will say books I like. <laughs> um, I love the book Little Women for a classic. That's just, it's like my comfort read. Like I reread it every two or three years. You just got to reread Little Women always. Yeah. Um, I think currently like my favorite contemporary writer is uh, she's like an Australian lady named Sally Hepworth. She writes a lot of really good, like domestic thrillers, and they're very good without being too scary. Because I can't really handle if it's like, like I don't read scary or gory books, but I want it to be intrigued. So Sally mm-hmm. Hepworth's good, and I heard Amber Alby Swenson came out with a book called Soul Care. That sounds like that's a really good book too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've been enjoying listening <laughs> to your chapters about it. Yeah. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, because you are an audiobook person. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's good. That's who we recorded it for, is the people who would rather listen. And I think that's a mom thing, too. Mm-hmm. I, I do. I listen to so much. I listen to podcasts all the time. I, I don't watch, you know, podcasts, but I yeah. listen, and I think I think it is a woman thing. I don't know. I hate to generalize, but. Sure. Women are you know, just we so don't good have at the time to sit and watch them. Yeah. Yeah, yes. we've got a lot of stuff to do yes. and a limited time, so we've got to do two things at once. <laughs> and know that, but it makes it so much easier to do the chores when you've got something you're listening to. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I've been doing a ton of yard work because I have a daughter graduating, so you know I'm trying to weed everything and get everything yeah. looking good again. And it is such drudgery unless you have Ugh. something good to listen to. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like you, if you listen to something for a couple hours, it's just like it passes in no time and you're, you know, you're just busy and you're listening and it's so much more enjoyable. Yes. I totally agree. Totally agree. So Katie, did you always want to be a writer? Uh, not necessarily. I definitely, I, I wanted to be a writer, but mostly I wanted to be a reader. Like I wanted to find out a job where someone would pay me to read all day. Well, I was going to say, <laughs> wait a second. What, why would you think that's a job? Because if it is, I know, well, I just wanted I it to be this? one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I just, you know, I got to the end of high school and you, you know, you have to take all those tests and stuff about what would you be good at? All this sort of stuff. And I got my, you know, suggestions of what I'd be good at but I was like I just want to read but like all the time and I want people to pay me to do it so I was like well I guess yeah hold on (laughs) pause just for a minute we got to come back to that just a minute okay I just had an idea for you and strategy is my number one personality trait what if you recorded books for audiobooks like read them yes okay I got paid for it Yes, I'm try. I'm actually trying to do that a little <gasps> bit. There you go. Okay, isn't that crazy? We got you know now we have a mortgage to pay for. So I was like, mm, we're a one income family, and that's been okay. But if there's something I could do really easily that doesn't take away from the kids, yeah. I could, you could add- get paid to read. Yes, exactly. And so yeah. I uh, there's a company like through Amazon. I just made a profile last week, Amber. How did? <laughs> okay, okay. Never okay. mind that. Pause. Okay, go back. Okay, okay. So you wanted to get paid to read. Yes. And so then I thought, well, I also really like to write. So I wasn't totally sure what I wanted to do, but I went, I started off going to school at the University of Wisconsin at Madison to do creative writing. And then I switched to library science because I thought, oh, maybe I can like encourage other people to like books as much as I do. 
by being a librarian. But you needed like a master's degree or something for that. And that was kind of a shame. I didn't really want to do that much school. And then I settled on being a teacher originally because I thought I can just write and read all summer long. You know, I, I love kids. And then I would have all this time in the summer. And as I was filling out my application for the School of Education at the um, University of Wisconsin, one of the questions was, what is going to be the hardest part for you about being a teacher? And I like hadn't thought it through. I was 19 or something, you know, I hadn't thought things through. And I said, oh, wait, I won't be able to talk about my faith at a public school. What am yeah. I doing here? And then yeah. I ended up transferring to Martin Luther College because I wanted to be a Lutheran teacher. And that was one of the coolest, like, turning points in my life where I just saw God was like, and we're taking your story that way. You know, he just <laughs> took me that way. I appreciated all the time I had through college, all the different experiences, but I'm glad that he set me where I am now. So, Yeah. And if people don't know, and if they're not from the Midwest, um, the University of Wisconsin-Madison is huge, <clears throat> like 40,000 people, huge. And MLC is tiny, as in maybe six to 800 people tiny. Yeah. So the shift, like yeah. you said, God <laughs> taking you on a detour there. I mean, <laughs> I'm not sure you could go from two different, you know, you couldn't go from one to the other. And then from creative writing. I mean, I was a creative writing mm -hmm. major at a liberal arts school. Mm -hmm. And that's about as secular as you get. I mean, the things that I was yes. reading and writing back then in my in my groups, everybody else, the things they were writing and reading out loud and um, mm. and then to shift to this super tiny <laughs> Christian school where you're studying theology and doctrine. Um, mm -hmm. That's a huge yes. shift. But man, that's something to appreciate how God just made all the pieces fall into place that he could get you where he wanted you. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. He was, he always had a plan and I, you know, people at, in high school, my teachers at Wisconsin Lutheran high school said, Oh, you would be a great teacher. They always put that on my like report cards. And I always thought, Oh, that's like, they just tell that to everyone. That's not really like for me specifically, but now that I have gone, you know, and graduated with a teaching degree and I'm, I'm a mom and I'm using teaching in a lot of ways, I was teaching is a great job. It's a wonderful gig. <laughs> it's fun. And it's you you get paid to tell people about Jesus and and do ministry. That is an insane gift. So I'm glad it wasn't it wasn't what I would have picked when I was 18, but it's way better than I would have picked. Yeah, and UW Madison too um, has a phenomenal campus ministry program mm -hmm. too. So I mean, if you were going to go to a liberal arts university, it's not the worst place in the world to go as far as having a place to keep your faith strong in the middle of a super secular university. Yeah, definitely. And I think in some ways, um, when I was at Madison, the people who work at the chapel there, the campus ministry they build up my faith more than I did at a lot of other places because mm -hmm. there was so many people who, you know, didn't share your beliefs. So there was a lot of opportunity to witness. It wasn't just like you couldn't just ease into the comfort of, oh, we all believe all the same things. That is such a blessing yeah. when you're with Christians who are on the same page with you doctrinally yeah. and you can just be so close with them right off the bat because you have the same faith. 
but it is it was a cool opportunity to kind of be tested and tried and have to like when people ask well why do you do that why are you going to church why are you doing this giving giving me that opportunity to actually put it into practice to evangelize to other people that was a cool thing too that's neat so do you watch tv or movies at all or are you all audiobooks we you know (laughs) we my husband and i used to watch like much more tv and now we have four kids and i feel like ever since we had the fourth kid we get to the end of the day and the kids are in bed and we just say well good night and you know (laughs) it's like nine o'clock and that's it so not so much tv yep but i gave up tv for three full years one time did you how did that happen i did i wrote a novel and I just really dedicated myself to, um, after the kids were in bed, I just, that was my time because that was the only time mm-hmm. I had, I was also staying at home. And so, um, I put the kids in bed at like at eight and I'd stay up till midnight just writing and huh. I didn't watch any TV for three full years. And then the reason I went back to it, the only reason I went back to it, good, bad, or ugly is mm-hmm. that I missed the time with my husband. Mm-hmm. I, that I could see I, that. Yeah. You know, I thought, oh, I kind of want to find a good series to watch with him or something and just snuggle on the couch together again. And so mm-hmm. I kind of gave it up after three years, but it was a very satisfying three years. I was going to say, you must have been super productive during that time. Those, you know, especially when you have little kids around, I feel like your kid free hours are so focused, you know? Yeah. Yeah, productive in terms of being a stay-at-home mom, yeah, but like in yeah. the whole scheme of things, like <laughs> now, not so much. But yeah, at the time, it felt like it anyway. Yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah, and wow. so tell me also about your other blog, this Michigan Mom blog that you wrote. Like, how did mm-hmm. you get into that? Because you said, you know, I didn't set out to be a blogger, which is funny because I didn't either. You know, I never really? even, hmm. no, I think it's just something you fall into, right? Because yeah. I did blog for Holy Hen House, too. I, I blogged for them from 2015 to 2017. Loved. I loved those women so much. I thought mm. that um, ministry was phenomenal. So, I yeah. mean, what made you decide to get into this blogging in general? And why did you decide to do that? Yeah, I guess as a new mom, I spent so much time on my phone because there was no one else around. I only had one kid and um, I was just always sitting in this chair nursing just for hours and hours and hours. So I always had my phone in my hand and on social media, I saw, oh, all these moms and then, you know, these links to the blog. And I loved reading other people's motherhood experiences because I was just so new at it. I, whenever I don't know something, I'm always like to the books (laughs) or, you know, like, let's go find information. Input, yes. That's input, right? Yes. Okay. Uh huh. I'm getting yep. it. You you don't look okay. you don't look to yourself. You like let's go get some sources, you know. And okay. I I just was really I was reading other people's experiences and I wanted to be a part of it. And then like the next week or something, they had a post about we're looking for contributors. You can apply here. And I was like, well, might as well. So that's kind of how I fell into that. Yeah. <laughs> Did you always write though? I mean, did you write in college? Did you, I mean, have you always written? Yeah. I I mean, I think in college it was a lot of like 
oh, I don't know, in college, aren't you trying to find out who you are and find yourself yeah. and stuff? So I was always journaling because I was trying to like process my life. And sometimes you, I guess you, I didn't have like a good sounding board all the time. So you just write it down and then it kind of, you can work through things. After I got married, I stopped journaling and I realized it was because my husband is just now like my journal. I just tell him everything. So it's bad because there's no written record of it. But um, yeah, I guess I, I always journaled and I read a lot. And so I think when you're a reader, becoming a writer is just kind of the next step or it, it just mm -hmm. feels like it's something that you feel like you can do. I have high hopes for you. You're going to be a Bible journaler yet. I think so. Because I, <laughs> I hope you know what so. I did? I hope so. I, I never journaled. I was never a diary person or anything. But when my kids were mm -hmm. little, I started a journal for each of them. And I just wrote in it like once a month. Like, this is what you're doing. These are the milestones. Here's what's happening in our family, whatever. Well, mm -hmm. the poor fourth one, of course. By the time you have four, you're like... I'll do this for a year and then you can read everybody else's mm -hmm. journal and hear what they did when they were two, because I don't have time for yeah. this. So, um, mm -hmm. but like you said, it's kind of that record and then it's mm -hmm. processing, you know? And so I never yeah. was a journaler until the last like three years when I started doing that. So mm never know. It adds a lot. And it is, it's nice to look back on your life. Like I appreciate the journals that I do have. And so mm -hmm. that is good news. I hope that would be nice. I, there's It'll a lot of benefits. Yeah. When your kids are older, I think, okay. you know, young, young kids, just too much to do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So how about time. this? Where do you come up with your ideas for your blogs? <sighs> sure. Well, I have a bunch of children who teach me lessons every day, and I feel like I get all my ideas from them. But Time of Grace is not a mom blog, so I have to really yeah. hold myself back and say, like, we're not just – that's just my, like, easy thing to write about is, like, oh, my kid did this or reminded me about what Jesus said here. So it's been a good exercise for me to grow a little bit, too. I don't dedicate as much, like, time or energy to, like, my personal writing, like, just in this stage of life. So that I really appreciated starting writing for time of grace because it was trying to make me think like of a different audience and, you know, different ages, different levels of spiritual maturity. And, but I still get a lot of ideas from just living with my children. <laughs> they, uh, they bring up a lot. So. And I don't think that you should shy away from that actually, because okay. I think you are the one blogger that still has young kids. Because hmm, Missy Martin's, okay. hers are getting up there. Linda Bucks and I are like, our kids are flying the coop. Okay. So I think that brings a unique experience that allows readers to connect with your age. So I okay. don't think you should shy, shy away from that at all. I mean, I'm not the one editing or asking right. for the blog, so don't <laughs> take my word for it. But I think, I think your voice is unique that way and special. Okay. Well, thank you. I'll keep, yeah. I'll keep writing about children things then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's kind of an, I mean, think about it. I don't have the same perspective in parenthood anymore. Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. right. You're still like in the trenches with a nine month old. So, mm -hmm. you know, you, you remember the grueling. And so those moms who are up late at night, <laughs> Oh, 
I'm just yeah. thinking of our producer, oh. you know, moving her college age child. <laughs> I guess it doesn't end. It doesn't end no matter what end you're on. Mm-mm. Either way, nope, moms end. can relate to being up all night with their kiddos. So yeah, it's okay. Yeah, definitely. Uh-huh. It's nice to be able to talk with people like you, though, who are a little in like a different stage. I feel like lately I've been really uh, like hungry for more wisdom from people who've just been a little bit farther ahead in motherhood than I am. So like, I appreciate your perspective too. You know what we, we did that actually, uh, Steve and I, um, say this was so valuable. We joined an in-home Bible study and we were the youngest couple. Mm -hmm. So, and we were part of it for 17 Mm -hmm. years. We just, um, we just, uh, separated, couple months ago because for different, you know, everybody's at an age where it's like crazy. Um, Mm -hmm. but so we had people whose children were like 10 years older than ours. And then some that were like seven and then three, and then we were the youngest and we gleaned so much wisdom, Mm -hmm. so much wisdom. We just took in everything they were saying, you know, when they were going through their packing their kids up and sending them to college and they're like, whatever you do, don't ever let your kids do this. And we're like, okay, okay, okay. It's like, write it down. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And some of the things that they did have made a huge impact. There was one family that mm-hmm. said for spring break, they told their kids they could go anywhere as long as they went with one of their parents. So you, you choose anywhere in the continental U.S. So if you want to go to, actually one went to St. Louis one time, um, they could choose. And we haven't done that. I mean, we have four kids too. So, I mean, it's not like we can do that. But what we did do is tell our kids, you know, we don't want you going on spring break with your high school or college friends, but tell us where you want to go and we'll see if we can have a family vacation every year. And so like last year we went to Branson and um, you know, just, oh, we've, fun. we've made a point of doing that. And our kids have said two Thanksgivings ago, they sat and talked for an hour and a half about our family vacations and what they, I mean, just mm. all the experiences that they had learned from going together as a family. And that came from our in-home Bible study that we joined one of the couples saying, they didn't want their kids all going off to spring break. And so they said, you know, when you're in college, you tell us where you want to go. And, and that's when Steve and I went, huh, maybe we should think about vacations with our family. Cause we hadn't. So yeah. Yeah. In home Bible study hmm. with older couples. That is the way to go, Katie. Okay. Sounds good. I'm going to, well, in Fond du Lac, we'll have to just find the older couples and say, Hey, we're doing this. <laughs> Absolutely. I, we, yes, so many things. And then when they started taking Mm. care of their parents and, um, all the things like we learned so much, all the things, cause they were just Mm. a little bit ahead of us. And so, and now of course we, now I'm the old person. Now I'm in the Bible studies and I'm the old person. So no, (laughs) No. which is okay too. Cause isn't that the way it's supposed to go? I mean, yes. So, but mm-hmm, it's funny definitely. because I'm just realizing this right now that I'm the no. old person now. <laughs> no, yeah, no, that's All right, good. Katie, what that's do you good. do? Yeah, it'll be fine. What do you do to yeah. stay rooted in the word? How do you stay close to God? Yeah. Um, 
Well, I think, first of all, God does a pretty good job of keeping me close to him. <laughs> he right, he gives me that. lots in my life. Well, you know, I think, oh, just, I think I've had a really easy life in a lot of ways. Like I've been really blessed to have a pretty like straightforward life, not a whole lot of detours or major bad hiccups. But I feel like after becoming a mom, it's just a different experience because you're responsible for somebody else. And so I feel like it's just the heart. I mean, everything, maybe does life always just get harder the whole time? Like I feel like every stage is kind of harder in a different way or a deeper way. Maybe, I don't know, but I feel like, especially through motherhood, God's really helped me stay close to him by giving me conflicts that keep me close to him, like all the time. Like, or just mm. it, maybe in general, kids do that. I'm not totally sure. Yeah. But I also, uh, I read the Bible every day. I do a one-year Bible rotation. And that's really helpful for me to just open up my Bible, like my little Bible in a year. And it tells me this is what you're reading today. And I can read it and um, get that time in with God. Because devotions are great. And like listening to Christian music is great. But you always need his actual word, you know. <laughs> So totally no. Yep. I call all the yeah. rest like, you know, refreshments like iced tea or, mm-hmm. um, you know, like an appetizer or a dessert. But the word of God is that, you know, that's the nourishment. That's what's going to, you know, feed you. So yeah. when do you do I your time? That. You know, I wish I was a person who had like a really set routine. Like I wake mm-hmm. up before the kids and sometimes like the stages in my life where I have been able to like get up before the children and read and meditate and have my coffee by myself. I love that. That sets my whole week off, you know, in a good place Yeah. with a nine month old. That's not really where I'm at. <laughs> so, um, I always feel like I've got two pockets in my day when the baby's napping in the morning and when the baby's napping in the afternoon where I can like occupy the other kids quick and -hmm. get a couple minutes. So it's either in one of those, I'm a nap time Bible reader and for the most part, but it happens every day. So that's, that's the important thing. When my kids were young, I read the Bible in the evening after they went to bed because I I always woke up to one of them waking me up, you know, whichever one Mm -hmm. got up the earliest, if it's 540 in the morning or whatever, it was like, well, I'm getting up. (laughs) And so, like you said, it was Mm -hmm. so unpredictable that I felt like I couldn't get that, you know, solid time in, but bedtime was same time every night. So I I could predict, (laughs) you know, I got the kids in bed and then I'd have my time and then, you know, whatever. And now Mm -hmm. it's just the opposite as the kids have gotten older. It's like, no, I don't know what time they're getting home at night. And yeah, like I go to bed before them, so which means I can get up early in the morning and have my own time without them. So yeah, yeah I think seasons, it was right? on your podcast that, yeah, it. Oh, I think when you were doing like your motherhood series, you were talking about giving your kids time and that it really shocked me to think like, oh, I think you mentioned you have to, you know, you give your kids time in the evening when they get older. That was just yeah. like so radical for me at this point. So I I appreciated that though. It's still radical for me, Katie, because I am an early riser (laughs) and uh, Ah. I get up at 4 a.m. these days because I drive an hour to work. And so uh, I get up at four, get ready until five, drive until six, get there. So 
between eight and 10, I try to start getting ready for bed. But the age my children are, their their time to talk really begins about 10, 30, 11. That's, yeah. mm-hmm. that's their time. Huh. So I'm kind of doing this. All right. So what are, what are you saying? So you're saying <laughs> you want to go where, with who, when? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. But my husband is a total night owl because he works nights. And oh, so okay. he actually, so funny thing, because I stayed at home with the kids when they were little. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I did the whole, I think I rocked the baby thing. I was very, yeah. very good at the baby thing. Mm. The teen thing, he's kind of rocking that. He's much better at the whole staying up, talking, having the heart to heart, doing all that. So, you know, God gives them somebody for each time in their life. And actually, I think it's really cool that their dad is, is more cool. involved, you know, now in mm-hmm. the practical stuff. And my daughters know how to get a hold of me. They'll ask me to coffee once in a while or. <laughs> oh, perfect. <laughs> go for a walk. It's different. It's so different. It Katie. Is. But I can't I mean, imagine. Just, yeah. Yeah. You just adjust. I mean, it's just okay. so weird and different and wonderful and lovely and. <sighs> God is so yeah. good because I've always said, I just am so thankful that he doesn't give you a 20 year old. You know, you don't give birth to a 20 year old. You give birth to this I, baby and you grow up together, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Yes. hundred percent. I remember asking somebody that when I was pregnant, like, I don't know how I'm going to be ready for this. And they're like, you don't have to be ready for too much. No. You know, no. they, they don't have any they emotional like, complexities. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you'll be ready for the college stuff when they're in college or the high school stuff. You know, when they're in high school, you'll be ready. So that was kind of reassuring too, too, because yeah, you don't know. <laughs> yeah. So my first kids um, went to a private school and so it was kindergarten through eighth grade. And the first year that I went to eighth grade graduation, I just wept. Like mm-hmm. I was, my daughter was a kindergartner. It was my yeah. first child in kindergarten. And I'm like, how do these parents do it? I don't know. <laughs> how do they come out of this school? I'm just like. Just and I yeah. don't even know any of the eighth graders because my kid's a kindergarten, you know, kindergartner. And so I'm like, yeah. uh and the principal said to me, Amber, trust me, when your child is in eighth grade, you will be totally ready for this. And I was like, Oh, okay. I don't think so. No, you are. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you will be ready. You are. Yeah. And and okay. for high school okay. too. I have a daughter graduating right now. And I mean they're they're ready. You're ready. It's and my son's getting married this year and my husband and I have marveled because he's never home. He's never, oh. ever home. And we're like, look at how God is preparing us for him to never be home. He mm-hmm. comes home, he sleeps, he washes his clothes. Once in a while, I grab something out of the fridge. But really, it's not going to be a whole lot different than it is right now. Yeah. yeah. So God oh. prepares you. It's so oh, yeah. weird. It's it's wonderful it and it's weird. weird. And I'm realizing how old I am now as I talk uh. to you. No, <laughs> it's okay. Uh, it's okay. Yeah. Okay. So what yeah. about your faith walk? Do you wish that you had learned earlier? Uh, that is, that's also a really hard question. Um, I still, I think the thing that I wish I would have learned earlier was that when things are happy, that can be like the exception and not the norm or like when things mm-hmm. are going really smoothly and like I said, I have like I have a good life. <laughs> God's way too nice to me. And I've been blessed in so many ways. But I think I 
even though I've been blessed to be a Christian my whole life, I think for a while my focus was like, well, I'm a Christian, but also I really want like a really comfortable life and I really want to do all these fun things and I really want to like live it up here. And that's my primary goal. And as God has taught me, uh, as I've walked with him, you know, if you are really living like Jesus lives, you're going to have conflict. Even if you are, you know, being really kind to people, that doesn't necessarily mean that you don't have conflict and it's not bumpy. So I think to just lean into that a little bit more, I wish I would have known earlier that like the goal of life is not to be happy and comfortable and everything smooth and everyone happy. Like the goal is to tell people about Jesus and the goal, you know, and live like him, definitely show love to other people, but it's okay if it's bumpy because he said we are going to have trouble. So that's what I think you I wish I would have so learned earlier. <laughs> wise to learn that at your age now, though, because you are still so young to have already figured that out. Oh, I don't feel very young, but thank you. <laughs> yeah. It's God's- true, though, because I don't think a lot of people figure that out even as young as you are. I don't know. Sure. If I, I don't know if I- I don't know if I remember it all the time, but that's, you know, mm-hmm. I, I'm sure I forget that because like, I, I forget everything all the time, right? Like as Chris, mm-hmm. you know, we we forget what God says all the time. So, right. But yeah. But if you can keep that as the focus, it really sets the path of your life. Yeah. What you're that's going true. after, you know, and what your priorities mm-hmm. are. And that'll be super, super helpful teaching your kids that. Yeah, I hope so. Fingers crossed, right? <laughs> Fingers crossed like this, Katie. This yes, doesn't do yes. anything. Right, I know. You're right, you're right. <laughs> okay, if you could describe your faith journey in one word, what would it be? This is like the hardest question. I thought about this one so much. Because <laughs> um, one word doesn't encapsulate, like, it's too hard. But I still think my answer would be that I have just been supported my whole life as a Christian. God has given me so many breaks. Um, I don't know, I guess, especially as I am like the wife of a principal, we get to see a lot of different families in a lot of different family situations. And there's just like so much in life that I was sheltered from for a long time, Mm -hmm. or there's a lot that, I don't know, I just didn't have to go through a lot of hard things when I was younger and everywhere I've gone in life, I've always had a great church family around me. I've always had really supportive Christian friends. I've always, God's always given me like the support I need to, to keep me rooted with him. Does that make sense? Yeah. I've just been, I don't know. I guess the word, you can't say lucky because luck isn't real. There's no chance. God has Mm -hmm. had a plan, you know, but I still feel really lucky that he gave me all these breaks <laughs> or he's just given, he's yeah. kept me close to him. So use what you got and hopefully I can work my life and give him back as much as I can, you know, yeah, and serve him. To me, the word is blessed, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, and you know, I think that's something that's it. I think what you're, you have a spiritual maturity about you that, comes from spending time in the word. And that is, um, it's really refreshing in someone your age, but 
the truth is that you've learned the lesson of God will take whatever you're going through and weave it for good. And mm -hmm. so when you're saying I'm so blessed, you know, what you what you've really done is learn to see that no matter what you're going through, God's going to somehow work it for good. Mm -hmm. And and also recognize that you haven't had to go through a lot of the pitfalls that other people do have to go through and seeing that as an opportunity. Sure. Not mm -hmm. to be like, oh, I didn't have to deal with that. Too bad for you. But how can I support you? Because mm -hmm. I never had to go through that. So how can I support you and come alongside you and help you? And that's also okay. very mature. Well, thanks. I don't, I, I don't accept compliments well, but thank you. <laughs> Nice. That also is a woman thing. <laughs> oh, I know. I I'm trying to get better at that. And just, you know, I don't, does women always just say, oh, no, I'm not, you know, but I'm trying to just say thank you. <laughs> but. Yeah, but I, I think you kind of hit on it, though, because once we find our gifts, mm -hmm. you know, our spiritual gifts or the things that we are good at, then we can use those. And if you have a maturity... Mm -hmm and a wisdom about you, that's probably going to make you a very good confidant, friend, encourager, wise blogger to help other people along sure. the path. So there's something to well, that. Even yeah, though compliments definitely. are hard. Yeah. Well, thanks. <laughs> all right. We've asked all of our bloggers to read a blog that they really love. And mm -hmm. so did you pick one out for us? I did. Um, I picked out one that I called You're More Than Space Dust. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Would you read it? Sure, I'd love to. Thanks. All right. A couple of weeks ago, NASA released images from the James Webb Telescope, the most high-tech telescope ever invented. The image caused a ruckus in the world of astronomy as the glittering infrared images gave insight into yet unphotographed reaches of deep space. An Instagram account focusing on science and history that I follow was marveling at the new pictures, which are objectively breathtaking. I was marveling right along, but the video I was watching on the account stopped me short when it said, can you believe that all of this beauty, all these galaxies and stars so far beyond what we can comprehend all came about by chance? The account didn't give credit where credit is due. The very first verse of the Bible tells us, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, in Genesis 1, verse 1. Furthermore, Psalm 19 says, the heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them. Yet their voice goes out into all the earth, their words to the end of the world, which is verses 1 through 4. Finally, Romans 1 verse 20 says, For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. There's no denying it. The glory of God is written on our human hearts. God created everything we see in this world simply with his power. Things didn't show up randomly. We aren't just happy accidents floating along on a random planet in random space. Everything in nature was perfectly planned. The earth silently screams the beauty of God's craftsmanship from the interactions of the tiniest atoms to the complexity of the human body, from the variety of animals to the night sky and its full array. 
God created the whole world to be both bigger and smaller than our brains can imagine. It's essentially eternal in both directions, while we inhabit just a pinprick in both space and time. How amazing it is, then, that God cares so much about you and me, the tiniest pinpricks on one fickle planet, in one solar system, in one galaxy, living in one brief span of time, that he sent his son Jesus to live, suffer, die, and rise to take away our sins and give us heaven, all for free. You're not a random clump of cells. You are so much more than a smidge of space dust. You are known, planned for, sought after, loved beyond measure, and in this, spat, in this flash of space and time for a purpose. And not only that, though we deserve hell for all our sins, through faith in Jesus, we are guaranteed heaven when we die. Ephesians chapter 1 verses 7 and 8 gives this comfort. In Jesus, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. What a gift. I urge you, give credit where credit is due. God made everything. He's the king of everything, from galaxies millions of miles away to little old you and me. I hope you get a chance to look at the stars on a clear night sometime soon and take comfort in the fact that the God who made all the beauty that we see in the James Webb pictures is the same God who loves you so much that he will take you home to enjoy the glory of heaven with him forever. That was wonderful. And I, I mean, I absolutely am standing by what I said. There is a spiritual maturity about you. You, you packed what, four or five Bible passages in that blog. <laughs> that is <laughs> That's phenomenal. That is phenomenal. (laughs) It really is. I'm glad that you're blogging for Time of Grace. We are very blessed to have you. And I'm I'm sure that this interview today is going to bless a lot of people and it will help people understand where you're coming from, a little bit about your life. And hopefully, let's see, by the time we air this, you should be comfortably settled in your home. So I guess we won't need to pray for you the move itself probably. But if you're seeing this right now, pray that Katie finds all the things that she packed in boxes that she's looking for. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Because I have a feeling it's just going to be throwing stuff like a mad woman in, at the end because everything always comes down to the end. But but thank yeah, you. Thank you. That for is- I really I appreciate t- blogging for Time of Grace so much. It was just such a weird thing that uh, last year I had my new year's resolution of like, just try and use your writing for Jesus. And it's so funny. Like whenever you try and do something that's like in line with God's will, it's so, so easy. And when you try and do stuff, that's kind of not, it doesn't, <laughs> it's a lot harder. <laughs> so I just felt like that was a real blessing that time of grace said, yeah, sure. Come on over. And that let me get to be talking to you right now. And that's a blessing too. So yeah time of grace has been one of the biggest blessings in my life for for sure hands down just um phenomenal experience all the way around so yeah yeah and then we got to meet and we're gonna write a Uh the all-american novel in 10 years (laughs) yes that sounds great i would love that (laughs) you heard it here first (laughs) Uh get ready but they don't know our pen names but They'll, they'll find it. It won't, it'll be everywhere. <laughs> God's up in heaven going, what, where's that spiritual maturity using everything you have for Jesus? Where, where yeah. was that? Where, what was that? It can be like a mystery thriller that somehow leads people mm. to be closer to God. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We can make Pastor Mike the main character. There you go. <laughs> He's like, no, you won't. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be like, something okay. awful is going to happen to me? No. <laughs> 
Okay, we're done. Cause that's, yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> too crazy. All right. Well, yeah. nice to meet you and get to know you more. I'm sure our yeah, listeners thanks. will feel the same. Thank you. Thanks, Amber. Thanks for everything that you do. I appreciate your podcast too. And it was a joy to be here. <laughs>